Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus, what are these goddamn animals? Everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is uh, Solbro. Solbro, say hello. Yo, am I here? Can you guys hear me? Am I coming through? <laughs> I think my, so. My mic's not off, is it? <laughs> no, it's 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 on. I'm looking dead at it. Yo, yo, everybody, yo, thank you for coming out for the show tonight. And uh, yeah, man, I, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, Solbro, I'm I'm calling from uh, Bunker. 042 out in the California desert. Where, Indeed. Where, what bunker are you calling from? I'm, call, I'm calling from a <laughs> Fallout Shelter <laughs> 79. Oh, 0079. Okay. There you go. 0079. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's a good one to be in. Yeah, I should I should get out soon. <laughs> Might get something dropped on me. <laughs> and uh, and and we have some other uh, fellow bunker mates that are are, are joining us. Uh, I think uh, a long time one, our, our, our former our, our former overlord, uh, Chris. Chris, how's it going in, uh, from your bunker? What bunker are you in? I'm in uh, the bunker Deep Space Nine. There you go. Oh. Oh. Tell us, go. What's what up? Was, uh, what was the other way it was called? <laughs> it was um, uh, Benic Noir or something? Eric Noir. Eric Noir. Yeah, that's right. So uh, welcome, welcome. And uh, we have a special guest. And... I hate to say this, Fred, because I really don't know. Have you been on as a guest before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when? Jesus. <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. We had the same conversation plus, the last time. <laughs> Did I go through this before? Damn. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm only crying a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry Shit. about that. <laughs> and, you're, and you're calling from Banjo Country, right? Yeah, I'm calling from Banjo Country, where uh, the local populace, uh, raise hell, praise Dale, yee yee, Chris Kyle, rise again. <laughs> Chris Kyle! Say <laughs> <So> what? <laughs> so, whereas every part, of, every other part of the country is, is dealing with a, a food shortage at the local grocery stores, you're probably dealing with a natural light shortage right yeah like, man everybody worried about that damn water man daddy <laughs> 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 light's got everything i want it's got carbohydrates water <laughs> it's like a meal in a can <laughs> it's, it's better than a damn mre man <laughs> oh Oh man! So yes, welcome to episode two eighteen of Gundam and MHQ. This is probably the first of the of the uh, what a coronavirus arc for Gundam. <laughs> wow! This is episode one. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long arc too, boy. 
<laughs> it's gonna be a bottle episode, the longest one. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Is this uh, one of the recordings that's discovered by aliens centuries after we're gone and they come probably. back to the mm-hmm. world? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, what? And, they're, and they're, their they're, misunderstandings they're... will be based entirely on what they hear from this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, the, and they'll say, thank God the human date race wiped themselves out. Jesus Christ. These people are fucking stupid. It makes sense now. (laughs) So far, we have found no evidence of these gun dams that they kept talking about so much. Perhaps Uh, it was their religion. (laughs) So, yeah, this is uh, episode 218. And in this episode, I I think there was a little confusion because if you got some tweets earlier, it was going to be a double feature. But now it's um, it's just one movie, uh, mainly because, um, well, sometimes you can misread a text. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, um, yeah, Solbro named this uh, episode Bell Peppers and Beef, which I think has nothing to do with the Gundam narrative review. (laughs) No. I had a, I had a great uh, I had a great title for the episode, and uh, oh, you were cursing me, weren't you? When yeah. I said that, I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it was uh, no, it was I had a great title. It was called the um because originally it was supposed to be a double feature between uh, Magazine Infinity and uh, and Gundam Narrative, so I called the episode the uh, Infinite Narrative. But uh, then it turned out uh, we were only doing one of the movies, so it's like shit. So I got to go and chase that and get down. And people are saying it sound muffled. Do it sound muffled to you guys? No. Okay. Not it's really. Sexual wrong. chocolate, still, bro. Man. That's exactly what it is. No, I, I thought it was coming through okay. Um, but uh, stream. Let me Ooh. know if I am coming through. Uh, we're uh, not on. Muffin. We're not on Skype. Yeah, Z. Yeah, we're on the. We're on Discord. So, that's uh, so like 2000. That's so like 2010s. Yeah, we we abandoned that shit a long time oh, ago. Man. But uh, guys, let me know. Uh, let me. Uh, uh, Robert Mallet says I sound good. So does uh. So does Flame X. Flame X said I sound, came through loud and clear. So uh, I'm not sure what might be happening then. I sound good. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, guys. I was, was getting a little scared there. <laughs> Just a little scared. You but no. Self confidence boost. There you I go. Sound I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. But yeah, man, uh, good times. Yeah, so in this episode, we'll be doing our review of uh, the recent um, Gundam uh, film release of Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative, which um, is set in the UC timeline uh, about a year Mm -hmm. or so after Unicorn. So we'll go into that. But um, anything as I saunter over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio for some Neo's listener submitted news? Uh, not that I can think of, man. Uh, hit us up, Chris. Any any anything on the anything on the breaking news front that you may have, or anything? Well, any any hopes and dreams you need to dash before I begin? Well, you know, I'm sure I dashed someone's hopes and dreams just by being here tonight. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I uh, would make this one note that on April 1st, it'll be the 20th anniversary of MHQ. And I would definitely wow. tell people to check out the site that day because there's going to be a lot of big news. Ooh, big news. Cure for coronavirus? Um, maybe. <laughs> that might be a little lofty. 
Just, just a little. The Furious Nine returns back to 2020, not 2021. <laughs> well, that is some big news. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to it. 20 years, Chris. What's your fondest memory of those 20 of those 20 years? If you could just sum it up into one word, <laughs> how would you how would you how would you describe the experience of being the webmaster? <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, just uh, bilateral hate. <laughs> I both hate directed to me and hate directed from me. That, that, that's <laughs> really the MHQ experience these last twenty years. Yeah, well, that maybe that is that going to be the new tagline for it? If we do hate, we do both sides of hate. MHQ. <laughs> Anything's possible. You're you're the 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 web's number one source for the internet's number one source for hate. Well, Yahtzee uh. says that I'm now 20 years closer to being Dennis, which, you know, <laughs> it's 2020. We all are. We Probably, all are. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to see 50 real soon. <laughs> Prime Dennis age. Years of no Evangelion reviews, he says, and I can promise. 20 more years. 20 more years? <laughs> that, that's one promise you can make, right? Yeah, I definitely promise that. What about Zoids? Uh, what's that? <laughs> oh, you don't even know what that is. Oh, that's, that's And that's an example of some of the hate you'll see on the MHQ website. <laughs> right. Go to MHQ.net now. <laughs> You might be getting the wrong kind of traffic there now if you keep advertising. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is also the website where he gets he gets um, he gets accused of being a hater for things that he didn't even write reviews on. <laughs> yeah. Definitely why, true. Do hate, why do you hate Prince of Darkness so much? It's like I didn't do the review. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Prince of Darkness sucks ass. It, 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 it probably deserves that zero the more I think about it, but, you know, don't shoot me for it. Zero? My God. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one that ever got a zero, right, Chris? Actually, I gave a zero to Twilight Axis. Uh, oh, shit. That's some good music. <laughs> Such a poorly done mess. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Wow. Mm, okay. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that there was. There's a new. Uh, there's a new zero rating. You know, wow. and you know, surprisingly, no one's ever given me shit for change. Now that I've drawn attention to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that has changed. <laughs> don't worry. The one guy is coming. Yeah. That one. That, that, that one, one guy. Change. Yep, the Mr. Contrarian is going to be there for you. No, you have it all wrong. Well, hold on. Someone in the chat says, uh, "Chris, shame, Chris, not liking Gundam Wing." No, he actually went back and reviewed the entire series. Uh, I know, I know, he was, he was, he was kinder to it the, uh, the second time around, if I recall. Is that right? That is right. But also, he wrote Gundam Wing. I don't oh, know Gundam. if that was intentional. Oh shit! That might that might be it might be a, a tongue in cheek thing then, but uh, yeah, for Gundam Wing, yeah, he uh, 
he uh, he 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 uh, he went back and then and reviewed well, the entire series. And, did, did, I, did I miss Gundam Wing? Have I been gone that long? Yeah, so right. Much they remade it, son, and we're in it. <laughs> so who, who would we be? Sobro, who would we be if if, uh, if we were if this was Gundam Wing? Oh, I'm, I'm pure. What, what, which one of the pretty boys would you? Man, I'd be I'd be a Leo pilot and be shot in the first app. Yeah, you have to be one of Either that or I'm that dude. I'm that dude that worked for Zex with the with the with the mullet. I don't know if he had mullet, but uh, forget his name. But uh, he he broke his ribs piloting the um, uh, the the tall geese. No, you'd have to be you'd have to be one of the pretty boys. Auto, Auto no, yes, yes. Auto went out. Auto went out like a man. He did. You are. You are. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you who you are. I'm the you, dude. Uh-huh. You're the dude. And I think episode three. Yes. <laughs> a zeppelin and thought that his zeppelin was awesome. And I think it was Troa who fucked him up. Oh or, yeah, I remember uh, that guy. Oh, I'm that freaking uh, milk toast cat. That um, what was it? The dude that was trying to step to to hero in the school. Alex uh, because, Mueller. No, I uh, hate you. <laughs> Yo, so bro is cans. Yo, stop. Yo, stop. <laughs> no, uh, remember that kid that went uh, that um yeah. that Relina went to school with that was trying yeah. to be uh, the white knight and got fucked. <laughs> oh, that dude. <laughs> yeah. That's me. That's me. That's who I get gassed as. Real quick, I'm in and out. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Soul Bro is watching Catra. Neo is Septim. Yeah, Soul Bro can't, yes. play, the, can't <laughs> play the fiddle. What's that? Neo is Septim. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, you asshole. Good times. Good times. I agree. <laughs> That's a dick move. I hate you, Ozzy. Yes. Woo! Great casting. Dies <laughs> from falling down and you shot in the head. Woo! Come on. The I'm not going to go off that Still the best murder in all of Gundam. I'll, I'll stand by that shit. I stand hey, by that. Lady on boy. Gosh, she was cold. <laughs> is it? Well, I don't know. It's it's got a it's 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 up there with uh, Char and Cassilia. <laughs> yeah. I, I I agree. I agree. That that is some cold shit too, for real. Oh my god, horrible. Let's not forget uh, one of the best best deaths. Which we definitely talked about a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yuna Romaseran in Destiny getting smushed by a falling goof. Oh, oh that was yes. hilarious. Yes, man, please. That shit was incredible. And we... That was one of the few bright sides of Destiny. It was. It's true. Especially with the <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That That's fitting. <laughs> it got goofed. Yo, yo, Robert Mellis says, my honey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Kagami, my honey. Oh, the good old days. Oh man, when we were innocent and not aware. Yeah. they um, evil. The good old days when we were ce- when we were celebrating uh, MHQ's tenth anniversary. Holy shit, has ten years gone by that long, man? Jeez. That's, or, or those, that's wild. or those old days of uh, three-hour episodes doing reviews. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not, oh, not looking for, I'm never going back those. there, boy. Ooh. That was like an endurance race, man. That was like hey a guys, who wants to talk about Macross Frontier or Cardius or Double? Let's do them all at once. That shit was oh. real fucking work. <laughs> that was mad work. I just man, <laughs> never again, never again. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> 
Oh, um, my, my piano. <laughs> my piano. Oh, Nicole loved the piano. Yeah, he did. So one of the best notes. the piano. What did you know about him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can think of all the freaking, all the crazy lines that Gundam is, uh, as, as, uh, has brought into the into the into the spectrum, man. It's it's oh it's kind of nuts. Because at the end of the day, we all know that Gundam sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's my shtick. Uh, y'all have a good night. <laughs> I'm here on that. There you go. It wouldn't be Fred. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Brought us back to center. <laughs> good shit. But uh, oh man! All any, right. Any other bit of uh, on the announcement front for the uh, anniversary, Chris? Any any other news? Uh, just that there will be various types of news. So make sure that you check out for um, April first that update. Cool. So be on the lookout, guys. That's what's happening. Congratulations, man! Twenty years, man. That is no small feat. I can't believe it's gone by that fast, man. I can't. Well, what about us? <laughs> In November. What is? <laughs> It's what, like twelve years? October will be uh, this October coming up will be fifteen. No, hold on. Oh my uh, God. No, 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 no. It's no, no, not that long. No, no, it's it's, it's thirteen. Seems years. like that at times. But... Yeah, sometimes it's thirteen years. <laughs> thirteen years, I believe. We're on the thirteenth season. Yeah, it would be thirteen years. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what's up. Oh, you've, you've actually you've actually broken us out in seasons now. Yeah, the seasons oh, are we... uh, they're volumes. I, I was I I consider the beginning of the year the beginning of a new volume like a magazine. Oh. So yeah, we're on volume thirteen. So yeah, uh, it'll be a thirteen. Why is this the first time in thirteen years I'm hearing of this? Oh, you yeah. guys never knew. I've does always that include, done that. Does that include the special? Yeah, well, the specials are in their own category, but uh, the actual okay. episodes episodes are in volumes. Yeah, I, when I actually oh, set, I never knew that. When I separate the files. <laughs> When I archive the files on my computer, if you actually go and you okay. see uh, the file names for the files, when you download them, it'll say V01, V02, and so on, so on, and oh. so forth. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like freaking Marvel there. Comics. When, and when are we going to start doing renumberings? No. <laughs> renumberings mean we have to review those shows over again? No, never. <laughs> It's gonna be your uh, new Jeez. 52 event, man, where you reset the bracket. Oh my god! Oh no, we gotta reset never. all the reviews. <laughs> We God. have to review Frontier, Gears, and Double O all over again. God. All <laughs> in tandem. All in tandem like that, too. Oh, well, my God. I'll just get Pedro. Those I'm already starting to feel bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll just get Pedro, Peter, and Austin to come in to stand it for us. <laughs> those yeah. reviews. There you go. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, I guess the, the, the moral of this is to keep your eyes open for April 1st, because... Lots of good things that are coming. Yes, it is. So, and I'm heading over. I'm sitting here in the Larry King Memorial News Studio doing some Neo's Listener Submitted News articles. And the first one we got here comes from Rodimus76. And I, I at first, I, I, I kind of hesitated. I was like, should I even talk about this? Because this seems like it's been vaporware forever. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got a, a, um, a link here to uh, comingsoon.net. And I don't know who Chris Bremer is, but I guess he's probably the 14,000 person slated to write uh, the mask film that will probably never be done. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, he co-wrote Bad Boys for Life, and uh, he's now doing National Treasure 3. Um, and uh, yeah, now he's, I guess he's uh, been hired by Paramount to 
do the writing of the mask film like rich i think i swear to god i think they've talked about doing a mask film forever they've been trying to make it a will smith vehicle too from what i've been understanding they actually <laughs> went and, will smith he's gonna be mad yeah oh yeah right right i put yeah, my I foot in my mouth again but <laughs> but uh like they, a pun machine they uh they they reinvented uh, uh matt tracker as a black man in the comics so uh they've been trying to remarket mask in the uh in the id it's an idw fred i believe yeah. I, I could be wrong yeah they've been uh They've been uh, trying to re- uh, rebrand Mask, and they've been redesigning all the characters and all that stuff with the with the idea of a movie or well, who's going to be Miles Mayhem, man? That's a good question, man. Miles Mayhem still looks like they did in uh, in the TV show, but uh, I would say uh, get uh, Nick Offerman. A chubby, a chubby like <laughs> like a, like the American version of Rambo Raw. That's what I'm saying. Get Nick off. Get Nick Offerman. Done deal. I I'd love to see him play a villain. That'd be the shit. <laughs> here's, my, here's my basic underlying question about this. Uh huh. Who the fuck gives a shit? Right? right. <laughs> How dare you? Mask is a national treasure. Yo, they're working overtime, oh, fighting crime. Fighting I crime. I had, <laughs> I, 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 had I had those toys. I had the rhino and I stuff. I had all of those toys in the 80s, and I Me watched too. that stupid show. And it's like... It's, I never it's never thought about going movie. back to it, though. Like, once yeah. it went out of my life... I have zero nostalgia for it. The, yeah, the, the, and weird. Also, and, and I don't hate it. I wasn't like I hated it because I'm like Chris. I was like I was loyal. I was like, okay, I got the toys. I'm watching the show, but I just don't think back of going back to it. I don't even think I've ever. I don't think I've looked at an episode like on YouTube or anything because I'm sure I'm sure it ages horribly. Here's here's a bit here's my big problem with this because I, I don't mind them trying to do this but it the window of time is passed like the the market the marketable audience that they would try to get this movie to and maybe associated uh, product endorsements and stuff like that has out has already too old now like it was a property in the mid eighties uh, all the kids in the mid eighties are now like in their forties which is not who movies yeah, and, like and all these people want exactly so people don't want to the, the movie studios and whatnot are not trying to market towards us over the twenty five year olds and whatnot uh that they want to come out and see this movie again and again and again so it, it's too old of a property now to really do much with i i do think it can be reinvented but um wow. i i just don't know i just don't know if it's going to be a hit and it, i don't even think if it's worth the time you know i love i love i love mask as a cartoon i, I grew up with it I, I have fond memories of it and i had a lot of the toys too i think the theme song is one of the best of the 80s to be quite honest with you that shit slaps Incredibly, but um, better than Power <laughs> Supreme by the Centurions. Oh, I fucking hate the Centurions. Let's not get started. Fuck you. <laughs> I fucking hate them. But that's um, the, that's the live action thing they need. Is indeed. the Centurions? Centurions, man, they make that shit. I would, I, I would Power gladly, Supreme. gladly hey, never Rockwell, look at that movie's direction. Casey McCloud. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, fuck y'all. We need a Silverhawks movie. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's past its prime at this point. Like a lot of the '80s uh, things are. If it's not Transformers, if it's not GI Joe, and even GI Joe's an iffy iffy prospect. Um, you know the no, time. Guys, to ma- how about robots? GoBots, yeah, (laughs) which they've been trying to bring back like crazy too, because I think the same company that owns GoBots owns Transformers now too, which is kind of wild. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't I got the best one? I got the best one that will top all of those, and it could be you know the best vehicle ever, literally. Mm -hmm. What's that? Turbo Teen. Oh, Oh, where's that Kickstarter? Let's go. (laughs) I think it was. I that was a horrible. I guarantee it'll make more money than the. 
I think if you put somebody famous in it, I think you can probably get that mileage out of it to be a comedy. But still, I would never want to see it because I hated that fucking cartoon. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I hated I, it too. I hated that shit. Like the laser tag cartoon. That shit was awful. Oh my Wait, god. What? Oh my the, god. Yeah, the laser tag cartoon. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you like it? Oh, you never saw it? No. Oh, well, you, my. Have remember, you have to remember. You have to remember. There was a toy. There was a corresponding cartoon for for, mo for oh, most of yeah. them. Yeah, man. There was surely yeah. was. Yeah, there was a girl that traveled uh, back from the future to go back into the past to deliver her ancestors, and she was a laser tag champion from the from yeah. the from the future <laughs> who had to stop some villains that came into the past to change history. Yeah, man, I'm not making this shit up at all. Yeah. This shit was awful. That was, that was crazy. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Yo, Mechasod got his mind blown. There was a laser tag cartoon? I tell you, man. The girl's name was Jamie, if I recall. The main character. I think hey, so. I think it was yeah, Jamie. Yeah, it was Jamie, and it was a female main lead in the in the 80s cartoon. Cause, cause so that, that was, was, that was that, kind of a miracle back then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, I, th I think they I think they pulled it off because people thought Jamie was actually Jamie and man. You, you know, <laughs> when they when they pitched it to the executives, they're like, "Ah, oh, a guy named Jamie. That makes sense." They're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." <laughs> oh, fun fun fact, by the way, Yazi turned me on to this on on Twitter. He showed me that there street was a... sharks don't no street no. sharks is garbage, man. Yo, street no. Oh, Yazi turned me on to the fact that there was a Siegfried and Roy animated movie that they made for TV. Guess what animation company did it though? Toei. No, not at all. Fucking Nippon Sunrise. Sunrise, motherfuckers. Sunrise <laughs> made that shit. I was like, what? Yo, Sunrise was working back in the day, though, man. They worked shit. on a lot of shit, but they made that shit. Siegfried and Roy had a cartoon, guys. Look it up. It's fucking true. Did they fight crime? <laughs> it looked like it took place. Because that's like, what they Arabia always do, right? Because he fought crime, and then he told he told valuable life lessons to kids. I only watched like five minutes of it. It looks like some Arabian Nights shit. That's what it looked like to me. Well, remember his song? <laughs> Yikes. I, I love Mr. T, though, man. Mr. I, can't, I can't hate on him. It's the best, man. It'll be a sad day when he goes, man. Hope he never has to pawn his chain or, or give up his love for his mother, man. Keep that shit. Man, his dog, his dog in that cartoon even had a mohawk. And everybody wanted a mohawk back then, too, because you're like, Mr. T, man. He pitied the fool. But yeah, Chris Bremer. So I guess, we're, yeah, we're all like, why the hell is a mask movie? <laughs> I, but uh, what, do you, what do you think over under that gets made? Not with, you know, once we get out of uh, coronavirus, but like with, <laughs> over under with Way that under. coronavirus handicap. Way under. It'll hit before the Robotech movie. Yeah, there oh, you go. Oh yeah, I, 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 yeah. I second that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I was gonna stake my life on it. It's gonna say mask is gonna be on there before. Yeah, Robotech. To be That's, honest, um, you bring up mm. a good point about the coronavirus because it's pushed back so many movies that Hollywood yeah, has had to go back. back 007, man. Yeah, it did. But it, Hollywood's gonna have to go and look at their their slate of uh of planned films and may have to kind of go in there and just kick some of those out because of the fact that they've got their whole, whole it stopped it stopped black widow and yeah. they're saying now it's going to screw up the whole mcu release thing so yeah you know this is serious when that's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> it stopped production on uh falcon and the winter soldier and some of the other productions so yeah, yeah man so. it's uh it's done a lot of damage and rodimus 76 comes back with our favorite um horrible sounding um uh, website Gunjap. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> such a product of a different time. 
It's, it's just an abbreviation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds like something from like an old World War II movie made like in the nineteen fifties, like <laughs> Go and get them gun jabs. <laughs> people, wow. people, from, people from your people from your place in North Carolina, they're friends <laughs> with a with a lip of dip in their mouth, packing. I remember once I was I was I was one point, and all of a sudden this gun jab just came out. I shot him in the face. It came out from trees, Bo. I didn't even see you coming. <laughs> Jesus. Oh wow. my gosh! <laughs> they're, they're, they're so fun to make fun of. Um, but yes, uh, the April issue of Katakawa's Gundam Ace magazine revealed that it's going to have um, a new manga based on Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash, um, and it's supposed to be in the May issue, going to be released. And they they announced this May issue that will be released on March 26. So I don't know if that's still. <laughs> the case because of this whole thing where the world kind of imploded since this has been posted. So, um, but yeah, that, that's cool. Um, that'll be probably coincide with the OVA. That'll probably, that's coming out. What supposed to come out next year or something. The movies. Yeah. yeah. The movies, the movies right. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure when they're coming out, but I do know they're the next movies on slate. So, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get the same before the year's end, but if not, then 2021 it is. Uh, sir. Uh, and, <sighs> Rodimus 76 comes back with, we haven't had one of these in a while, a survey news alert. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I cue the music. Um, <laughs> and this is from MovieWed.com. And it looks like uh, there he's there's a movie called Little America that's a dystopian sci-fi action thriller. It stars Sylvester Stallone. And it's going to be... Um, Oh, Michael Sir Bay is only the executive producer, so I think he's just relax. I think he's not doing any directing anymore. So it's probably easier just to make money producing these uh, movies. And um, so yeah, this takes place. Probably run out of shit to blow up. Pretty much, yeah. Especially the Six Underground. Jesus Christ! Wow. Um, (laughs) So this is the synopsis of this movie. It takes place in a dystopian future where America has become a bankrupt nation is now owned by China and has since turned into a merciless war zone. So that's what, three weeks from now? Oh, Um, (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. nervously laugh. (laughs) (laughs) We we got a a tweet from from Rob Mallard. Some shots fired at Solbro. Oh, shit. He says, I'm rewatching Double O and I'm half season two. Solbro. At what moment did you realize Saji would never amount to anything, and how did you feel at that time? <laughs> you, know, you know what? We, we should pause this for. Oh. We never did ask you that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. We have never really asked you that. Like, That's what a... moment is? It, can you remember at what episode, what point you were like? He never shit. lost faith. That's <laughs> a solid question, actually. That's a really good question. Did you ever lose faith? I would say around the time that he was about to sell them up the river to the. Uh, to 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 the uh, the United Forces, I forget what the uh, the the world's uh, United. I guess the Federation. Uh, they were A-Laws. about to sell out uh, Alos. Yes, uh, when he was about to sell them out to Alos after he had left the um, he left the ship when they were in the desert and he went to go to those people. 
and say, yo, I, I know I know these people. And then he had a change of heart towards the end. But it's like, oh, man, come on, Saji, man. That was, that was a bitch move. That was, that was mad, bitch. You, you were looking bitch made right now. <laughs> but, but is that the point that you figured out that he was not going to amount to nothing, though? Because you're saying it's a bitch move. But yeah. did you sit there and go, shit, he really, His I really can't down. admit this to the Neo Chris because they're going to get but then you know, by the movie, he was swinging around that folding chair, so that that's right. Count. That's right. Oh that, God, that, that's when the yeah. stock went back up, y'all. That's when he went back up for a, for a minute. That's when he found Excalibur. That's right. I guess for, he was for, what? <laughs> for a minute, he was back on top, baby. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the lead was... I've been waiting for. Yes, and then it went back to back to back to same old Saji, man, same old. But uh, yeah, I was thinking he's part of the Dudley Boys. <laughs> 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 for a moment he showed promise but uh, so, there you go there you go Shout oh out let me finish the synopsis go for of it. little america <laughs> so sylvester stallone is going to be a retired army ranger who's hired by a billion uh, asian billionaire to find his daughter who's gotten herself stranded somewhere in the ruthless dystopian landscape wasn't there a movie like this made before yeah. A many, a many? Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like this. I always feel like it was a movie where somebody had to escape from somewhere, like a yeah, New York or something. Like was New, York New York or LA? I thought it was. <laughs> was it New York? No. I don't know. Was it LA? Oh. Because a paragraph down they go, this movie sounds like it bears a lot of similarities with the, uh, John Carpenter's cult favorite dystopian action thriller, Escape from New York. <laughs> 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 oh oh shit. Yeah, so yeah, this is, it looks like uh, based on this, there's really no uh, scheduled release date. And probably if there was one, I'm sure it got pushed back. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Oh, man. Um, Philly Gundam fan has got some um, uh, some sad news. It looks like uh, voice actor Kazuhiko Kisashino passed away at 86 due to uh, acute uh, heart failure. And he include, his roles included um, King Kikunu in the various Kikumen series, uh, Suzaku's father, in uh, Kogius Lelusha, the Rebellion, Dr. Hell in Motzinger Edition Z Impact, mm -hmm. uh, Ivan in Ivan Pasaroff in ooh, Stardust Memories, Ezra Gurney in Captain Future, and Emperor Corsair, uh, Corsair in Armor Fleet Dairuger 15. So, Dairuger 15? Damn. Yeah, man. Damn. The guy, the guy had a, a, a large body of work, man. He was 86, yeah. though? Man, yeah. that's a long yeah. life, man. Good good on it, man. Good shit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. May he rest in peace, but that is, uh, that's a lot to look back on, man. Good game. And uh, Rodimus76 comes back with some Robo Apocalypse news, which I don't know if even the Robo Apocalypse <laughs> is going to happen. We have Apocalypse. So, but um, it looks like there, there it's been released. Um, some rules for robots, <laughs> and they're hoping that this uh, gives us a more uh, civil robot apocalypse. So, um, yeah, they got a bunch of different, uh, bunch of different rules here. So, I, I would, I would venture people go in there and take a look. It's, it's all the standard fare, you know. Don't, don't harm humans. All these other things, but you know that's not going to happen. So, um, uh, 
Uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76 for this. Oh my God, Rodimus76 just gave us a new news alert, a chat news alert. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this the is shit. from comic book. Yeah, this is from comicbook.com. It says, uh, uh, William Shatner won't return for a new series. Kirk's story is pretty well played out. So I think me and Solwell were talking about this before we went online. We were. Uh, it looks like it's been kind of confirmed that um, by Shatner that he's not going to be coming back. And we talked about I was about... hoping this would be about the horse semen. Oh. <laughs> Yo, wow. Wait, whoa, what? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, Shatner himself was pretty much squashed any hope of him coming back. He says, quote, no, I think Kirk's story is pretty well played out at this point, unquote. So he tw uh, that's how he actually tweeted. So, um, but you never know because, um, the, the, you know, that could all be just like a little cover story that he's doing. So, but yeah, you always need a little bit more Shat. I don't think he's ever gonna die, dude. I say that he's 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 up there, but uh, he's holding it down in that show on History Channel. It's called uh, The Unexplained. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I dig it. I, if anything, it's good to see him uh, still holding it down in a, on a show. Is like, he ripping uh, off what uh, Leonard Nimoy did like in the eighties? Didn't he do some? Oh, like... this, this in search oh, of. Yeah. I'll tell you in one. Search... Be I'll tell <laughs> you one the, better. The same kind of concept. Well, you know, you know what's crazy is that they revived In Search of with uh, Zachary Quinto. Who plays Spock in the in the in the Kelvin timeline movies? So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> you see Keanu? You just you just took Keanu, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> Easy with that news, Soul Bro. You're gonna you're gonna hurt him. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. <laughs> Indeed, what are you saying the guy that played Leonard Nimoy in the movie. Another show. Yes. Are you that telling Leonard me that dude with the with the weird ears? Is playing another dude with weird ears, man. That shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! So, um, oh, I remember seeing this is on the tweet earlier, um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Rodimus seventy six, yeah, Gundam Wing found its home twenty years ago on March tenth of this uh, of this year. So, man, um, that is insane, yeah. man. Yep. So it actually started, well, it, it, the, it actually started March 6, 2000. Um, and that, that, that point, um, yeah, Gundam wing and that would change when they brought, uh, to man. All I remember from that is those commercials too, yeah. man. God, Peter, they had so many good commercials. Peter, Peter Cullen and William street murdered those promos for that show. Yeah, man. they did like all for tsunami in that era. All the shows were had incredible promos, man. And Gundam Wing yeah. was right up there with it. That that two minute long trailer they did for Gundam Wing blew my fucking wig off. It was like, yo, this show is dope as hell. I remember they used to show yeah. that during like Thundercats and shit. It's like, yo, this is coming. All right, I see you. <laughs> see, I, I, I never there. grew up with Wing. I I actually started with G. That was my yeah. first Gundam. So you were you yeah. were there when they, the G trailers were dope too, man. That yeah, that fucking bro. song they played, oh, that was God, awful. So, so when would you when would you watch it? Afternoon or for the midnight run? Uh, it was afternoon. Yeah. Oh shit, guys! Remember the commercials? Level five good. Yes. Level, five, <laughs> <laughs> Level two, they, three hours. They <laughs> used to, to build your own Gundam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. One of those commercials, I forgot what, I think it was like Epion, like they fucking built the wings yeah. or some shit, and it's yeah. like, 
more like level five Gundam, 20 hours to get it right. Jesus yeah. Christ. If it took 20 hours to build that kit, man, y'all got problems. <laughs> I don't That's know. It does take some of those kits. It does take a long time to build. Them. Dude, those old <laughs> kits are terrible. Oh, the old bad. kits. Yes. Yes. But yeah, the, yeah, I think there's some perfect grades. I put 20 hours. In. <laughs> <laughs> some of those are. They're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a magical fucking time on Toonami, man, for oh, real. Man. And, and granted, without Toonami, we would not have the Adult Swim. Midnight Run gave birth to the Adult Swim. And as you mentioned, there was Midnight Run versions of uh, of uh, of Gundam Wing that you can watch uh, with the curse words and the blood and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was really, really run. cool. Uh, yeah. man. It's like we get home, it's like, yo, I don't, fuck this afternoon shit. We're watching this shit, shit at midnight. <laughs> I never best. even knew about the midnight run. Yeah, was man, it was it was the best kept secret, man. That's the cool thing about Toonami back then is like they had a lot of shit going on, but you had to watch the block to know what was fucking happening because there was no had, internet. I mean, there watch, was internet. You had, to, you had to watch the channel to know because then they would they would they'd be like the midnight run and because I remember when it was a big deal when Dragon Ball Z when they started. I think they put the Cell Saga up on the midnight run and that was like. Oh my god, this is how it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid whenever uh Toonami ended and that stupid ass Maguzi block came after. Yeah, oh, that bullshit. Yeah. I was so upset. Man, I was that's... so mad. Fucking I, that I didn't last that long, though, did it? Nah. Nah, it it, it sunk. <laughs> Cause all the people who watched Toonami. Like, and I always thought that Adult Swim was created just so they could show Cowboy Bebop. A lot, a lot of it had to do with that. A lot of it did because they wanted to air Bebop on on Toonami, but there was no way that was going to happen, especially with all the adult adult content in the show. So then they realized, well, we can turn the Midnight Run into Adult Swim, and they had to come up with other programming that they had to make on their own and license other shows. And then uh, Adult Swim came to life, and it was on the backs of wanting to get Bebop on television. Because uh, they knew they, yeah, they I, I don't, something I don't know if that was real, but it felt that that was. It always felt that that was the reason why they did it. So. I, I know it was a big part Rick of it. Hour. The pickle Rick. <laughs> Damn. It's 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 evolved into its own thing, man. Uh, Adult yeah. Swim is it, it has it has detractors, but it's also done a lot of good. It gave us uh, run the jewels. So you know, there, there's that at least. I, I I'm I'm thankful for that. But that that's just me. Yeah. There you go. Not not only were the the shows made a a difference, but damn those um I remember those the commercials, and I think there used to be a website where you could have all you could watch all those old tsunami commercials. There's been a dedicated fan base on YouTube that's been like with now with all the Blu-ray releases now they've mm-hmm. been remastering yes those they... bumpers and stuff like that now. Oh been really? Re- been recreating oh, yeah. them with with uh, updated footage. The only, the only the only detractor is that when you show like the uh, actual title cards for the shows, they're still low definition. Oh, yeah. But 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 the actual footage that they used in the original edits of the commercials have been updated with uh, Blu-ray uh, level footage. So it's it's awesome. And, uh... And the raw, like the raw music for for the bumpers, is it used to be float, which I, I downloaded a copy because I didn't realize what it was until I downloaded. It. Mm-hmm. The raw music from those bumpers, uh, it's still floating out there on the internet, so you could like download like the uncut version, yeah, of mm. like the the robot bumper or whatever. Look up DJ yeah. DJ Clark Nova. It did a lot of That's the music it. for Tsunami yeah. back then. So if you look up DJ Clark Nova, you can find a, and and Tsunami, you can find a lot of his original music he did for the for the block. So yeah. That's what's up. All right. Well, that's uh that's it for our news. Um and I think we'll get into our 
first and only topic of the night, which is going to be our review of Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative. So, Chris, would you like to do the honors of a quick summary of a little synopsis of narrative? Sure. And, of course, if you want more detailed information, a review this week on MHQ. So that's available if you want to read in depth about this movie. Nice. So uh, quite briefly, we have a story focusing on these uh, three people who were known as the Miracle Kids back in the one-year war because one of them had a new type vision about Operation British and they helped evacuate their town in Australia. And we jump forward from there to 0097. So it's a year after the end of Unicorn. And uh, one of those miracle kids is this guy named Jonah, who's now grown up and he's a Federation pilot. He gets recruited to in this operation called the Phoenix Hunt to track down the mysterious Gundam Unicorn Unit 3 Phoenix, which is all gold colored and... And berserk two years earlier and disappeared. This is all like, you know, MSV side story stuff that's been chronicled elsewhere. And uh, there was a short about it too. So anyway, the Earth Federation also gets involved. So he's put on this team with these uh, dudes in custom jestas. And his uh, childhood friend Michelle is running this because she wants to get to the Phoenix and get its power to rewind time, which I don't know if y'all remember back in Unicorn that um, old Benajer did a number on these mobile suits from the generator. And it turned out that they got their generators disassembled to the point before they even constructed. Yep. Yeah. Basically they got time reversed. So she wants to, uh, use that to reverse time on her dad, her adoptive dad, and save him because he's in a cryotube. So they're chasing the Phoenix, and of course Neo Zeon's involved. And because Neo Zeon has, you know, really seen some better days, the best that they've got is a third-rate failed um, Shar wannabe who could not become full front who, by some convolution, is using a second Sinandu Stein and somehow has scrambled up a second Neo Zeon. And he's, you know, just a crazy person. So <laughs> there are multiple fights, and then he decides to destroy everything, and the unicorn phoenix shows up to save the day. And uh, Benajer's there doing some fire. And in the end, you know, the crazy man is killed... Uh, lots of people die, and the Phoenix does a zoom. Yeah. High speed. And that's the story. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I got to say, before we go into people's thoughts on this, is it, at this point, how many people, Zeon must have, Neo Zeon must have been a really popular thing because they still are able each time to cobble up enough people to make trouble because it seems like. This is what the third or fourth time that they've done this, and they suffered massive losses <laughs> each time. <laughs> I mean, after a while, don't you sit there and say like this whole Neo Zeon thing? It's I guess it's just not working. Like I don't, I don't remember. Do they just have like a, a space Patreon that they've been running all this time? 
getting yeah. money from people in the right? Like... <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's mostly because like there's people. Well, and I don't. This is me kind of spinning my wheels here, but I think there's a lot of people who subscribe to that side code prosperity thing that Full Frontal was trying to push. And I think there's uh, just people who just really, really want that to happen. Yeah, that sounds that sounds and, about right. And the Neo Zeon was being bankrolled by like the Federation parts of. I guess that's. I think that's what it was implying. Uh, yeah, were they part, partly bankrolled? And maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but by by the Anaheim Electronics back when yeah. uh, by when oh uh, they were they were always double dealing. Martha Vista. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're your favorite. They're their favorite war profiteers, Anaheim. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, but, um, well, since you started here, uh, Fred, why don't you uh, give us some of your thoughts, some of the things you thought they did, what the movie did well, um, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, got something I want to know before we get into our thoughts. Did anyone see this in the theater last year when they did the one-night screenings as uh, Fathom events? I was going to, but um, I could not. I was I was actually planning to, but I did not get out in time because uh, actually the movie theater not that far away from me was showing it. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, I did not see it. I didn't see it that way. Shout out! I wanted to, but I had class that night. Yeah, I had work that night. I had to close. It was so a Tuesday night. I would have see it. I remember uh, Ed the Crimson went to go see it though. Shout out to Ed and Yazi and, Ma- and Rob Mallard and Night Nine Fifty Six for supporting it when it was in the theater. Man, I, I wanted to because I-, I hadn't seen. I have not. I don't think I've seen a Gundam movie in the theater yet, and this one was uh, getting a push, so I wanted to support it. But I slept too, and I'm sorry about that shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't regret that yeah. I didn't see this movie in the theater, and I'm glad that instead I saw Counter. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, no, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and back back I, to the tsunami thing. Talk about remembering that would be improved. <laughs> that was a great trailer too. <laughs> but yes, Fred, back to uh, your thoughts yeah. of narrative. Yeah, I never I never got a chance to see any of the theater. It was just too far away from me. I, I honestly I wish I did because uh, I I may differ from the panel here, but I actually really liked uh, narrative. Uh, I, I've been a fan of uh, Unicorn. Uh, when it, whenever it was first coming out and stuff like that, and I kind of like this this epilogue bookend that uh, Unicorn had a fine ending to me. It wasn't the greatest, but like it's cool to see this bookend finally, where a lot of stuff got kind of explained, and there's this uh, this finality that you can sense with this. Uh, the the main thing that kind of like really stuck out to me is uh, just the the mythos of the new type, which I know probably a lot of people have uh, differing opinions on, but I just like this, this idea that new types are almost mythical in a way when you pair it with this technology now, and we're just evolving technology and pushing the boundaries of it. And just that hopefulness that this had where, you know, instead of being all doom and gloom, like a lot of Gundam or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, just that hopefulness that, you know, humanity can reach farther and go even beyond, you know, the limits of time and space and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, Hiroyuki Sawano, amazing fucking job, like always. Uh, I really liked how he picked up, like, motifs. Like, the new type motif, which in Unicorn was used to, uh, 
used to show like this oh look how pretty the lights are that are coming off the psycho frames and look how how cool humanity is and it changed into uh almost like a battle cry towards the end of the movie and i really yes. liked how they just reprising a lot of uh music and stuff that they did with the soundtrack because i'm kind of a soundtrack junkie so of like, course uh, like um in the soundtrack they redid like the suite for uc and in there you can actually hear um i forgot i don't know what instrument it is but they include like a brass instrument that sounds like a bird cry within it so it kind of plays in with the phoenix and stuff like that so yeah i liked it okay um chris what were some of your thoughts some of the things that, that you liked what they did right uh you know it's kind of a mixed bag because you know my immediate impression was man this really feels like unicorn episode eight rather than yeah an entirely different supposedly standalone movie felt like an epilogue <laughs> so it, it doesn't it just doesn't feel like it's something that can stand up on its own if you haven't seen unicorn that's not necessarily a bad thing but it just feels like it's not being very ambitious and i didn't find most of the new characters to be particularly interesting um jonah's just kind of you know typical like gundam tragedy porn protagonist war orphan yeah and zoltan is one of the most annoying one-dimensional villains i've ever seen in gundam <laughs> you know cyber new type psychopath and his whole thing of you know oh you call me a failed experiment i'll show you we've seen that before in gundam x and gundam seed and both times those villains did it better yeah. Zoltan just feels like like just warmed over your Zeon plot cliches because, you know, aside from the I'm the failed experiment who won't there actually were two Synagogue Steins that Neo Zeon stole, just you know, so this one can exist and Oh, here's some spare parts, and we secretly bought um, the second Neo Zeong, and you know now we got to stop the the Neo Zeong again. It's gonna take a unicorn to do it. It's like, well, we already did that in Unicorn. So why, Chris, why are we doing? Why are we doing literally the same thing again? So, Chris, your question: Better villain, Jared or Zoltan? <laughs> oh, Jared, no doubt. <laughs> Finally, Jared wins. <laughs> yes, one, one time that Jared actually is better than someone. <laughs> More well, compelling. You know, there's, there's a couple of villains that, that Jared's better than. Like, you know, in any, on any given day, uh, beats Mask, no doubt. Yes, oh, yeah. yes he does. Uh, yeah. Mask he is also weak. He beats Chronicle, too. <laughs> Yeah, I might even give it to Jared over Burr. Yeah, it's a close one, but yeah, that's that's a special level of pathetic. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, like the, the new characters, I felt were interesting. Um, you don't really get much time to explore any of the new characters, particularly the Shazar team on the Damascus, that kind of just as as background and and their captain too. 
Um, and then also, like, the animation notably is worse in narrative than Unicorn. Like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that impressive. I'm yeah, with you like on that. The character animation just is very lacking in detail, and it's especially noticeable if you look at any of the Unicorn characters because you can immediately see how different they look compared yeah. to Unicorn. Yeah. So that's kind of disappointing. It's like, did, did this movie just get made on a very tight production schedule and just not a very big budget? Because it's definitely lacking in that respect. And then the integration of like the first Gundam footage. Yeah. <laughs> horrible too. I, I like that. The, the I like that they, that they do it, but they, they, I didn't mind it myself a little bit. Yeah. Touch it up a little bit. Like, I, I will agree with Fred. The, the soundtrack fits. And, you know, I love the, the continued progression of the development of the themes from unicorn that definitely ties the things together mm -hmm. and i do like um you know some of the commentary that they make about new types and what it is that powers psycho frames and psychomy systems and kind of giving an explanation to all these weird phenomena of new types see dead people and using that as energy and how does that even work so that was appreciated that they put some thought into that and talked about that a bit yeah so um but i think in the end i i'd say it's like it's an okay movie it's not great but it's not bad either no right so so bro well man i i i'm i'm more on the side of actually enjoying this more i i suppose um i thought i th i thought it was a fun watch i will say this if you have not seen a good deal of uc you might be lost <laughs> a good deal lost in this because they make references to zeta the original series uh shark's counterattack of course unicorn there's a lot of tie back into a lot of a uh, series of the past um, you know, right when I when I saw 0079 come up in the corner, I was like, "Oh shit! This is the this is the the colony drop. This, these kids witnessed this. This is crazy, man." Because I only saw one trailer for this, and I didn't recall it by the time I started watching the movie. So if this was flagged in the trailer, I I, I couldn't tell you. But watching this movie, when I saw those kids on the cliff, uh, and and the girl had sensed that something was happening, it's like, "Oh, this has got to be this has got to be the colony drop." So it was cool to see how its origins had a start uh, where everything did get started. So it, it, it has a long span. And I like the fact that the storyline, the, the narrative is nonlinear in some areas. You jump back, you go back forward. There's there's really good uh, jump backs and, and forwards to uh, uh, flashbacks and, and flash forwards that uh, happen throughout the, the film. So um, I dug that aspect. I didn't mind the main characters so much. Um, they were kind of unique to their story. I mean, you had the angsty pilot, but um, he had he had kind of had a real heartfelt reason for what he was doing, and he wanted to reunite yeah. with a long lost friend who he felt got he got killed. And I like how that reveal happens. I I, I development of some of the characters in this spoiler really alert. Good, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're already getting into it, so fuck it. But uh, um, also, stop. <laughs> no, I'm I, saying it. Stop, stop the pot. If you're listening, stop it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting into it. But, uh, but uh, another thing I realize about myself is I get really pissed when 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 debauchery happens inside colonies, man. That shit had me on tilt when um they were inside the colony looking for the go uh, of the 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 phoenix. Uh they were looking for that and um all of a sudden uh, 
crazy fucking bastard starts popping off shots. Oh, I've got to shoot this guy. It's like, motherfucker, everywhere you shoot in this place, you're going to kill somebody. And lo and behold, that guy freaking started off fireworks, man. When they started throwing each other into the colony walls, I was like, I just, I just got so mad. <laughs> I got, I got so upset. It's like I, 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 I. This makes for spectacular action, but I could just think of all the victims that are just happening right now. When you see the people actually getting killed, it's oh, so yeah, vaporized. So, ooh, dude. dude! And of course, the classic. They had to open up a, uh, they had to open up a hole in the side on the side of the colony too, um, which might have more more had to do with uh, Yuna, uh, Yona, uh, than 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 uh, the crazy bastard himself, but. Um, uh, when it came down to it, it's like, God, of course this fucking would have to happen. Um, and it's side six. And side six, I don't know if it was Al's colony that got fucked, but... <laughs> made me wonder Again. where Al... Yeah, exactly, right? It made me wonder where the hell Al was. I was like, Al, I hope he's somewhere else right now. Because I, 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 I... You're still not wearing those shorts. He's the dude who got out of... That scene of the dude who got out of that taxi cab and yeah. was just undoing his umbrella. just looks like, huh, what's that? Just, right? <laughs> you know, it's been 27 years, but given how serious he is... The crazy thing is, is that Al would be... Uh... Al would be their age when when the colony drop happened. So Al would be the age of the protagonist in this. So that that gives you some kind of a uh, perspective too, because Al was like mad young when uh when when uh double like eighty was happening, seven, right? Yeah, and these Eight kids were like old, maybe? May, maybe around the same age. They were elementary school students. So yeah, I, I would say that yeah, Al was uh, pretty much their generation. So um, it it would have been cool if we got like a visual cameo of Al, and maybe he's he's actually in. Uh, one of the shots in that colony, if he's he there. He runs a hamburger shop. And, and st <laughs> still, still wears a shirt with a plane on it. <laughs> young, young Asian boy cheeseburgers. Exactly yeah, he, right. <laughs> he has. Uh, he, he runs a restaurant called Bernie's Burger. And he, and he, and he's wearing booty shorts as always. <laughs> he's wearing the same exact shirt. Yes. It's just like it doesn't fit him at all. Just his just stomach is poking out at the bottom. He's, he's, like, he's still traumatized from when he saw Bernie get fucked. <laughs> I mean, his, his burgers are good, just you know, with this real vacant expression on his face all the time. Oh, my. <laughs> he's, just, he's, a, he's in the corner. He's like, the burgers are people. Bernie's a burger. The burgers are people. Yes. <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? Yes. I don't care. This is a really good burger. <laughs> Delicious. So. But, yeah, man. Um, I... um. Oh, Oh, ultimately, the music was great too. There's that there, going back to the scene in the colony. That particular piece of music that played there was phenomenal. It's probably yeah. my my favorite piece in the entire series, all uh, in, in the entire uh, movie. But uh, the composer Sawano did a really good draw, job, and he, apparently he's doing the music for um, uh, Hathaway's Flash. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got cooking for that when mm -hmm. that comes out. But um, overall, I mean, I, I do have some negatives. Uh, the the thing I uh, mentioned earlier. Let me let me let me but, do oh, my yeah, we'll, we'll get that. Right. No worries. But yeah, I I, I, I uh, when it comes down to it, I I like the heart behind this, and I do feel that it give, brings some closure to um to to um what to about the soul? unicorn. The, oh, the soul. <laughs> There was a lot of that going on. I think the mm -hmm. uh, the set piece uh, in in the in the final part was good too. Uh, although um, I, I again, when we get to the negatives, we'll talk about uh, Zoltan. But uh, 
Uh, other than that, uh, I, I did like how they set up the set pieces and all how th everything escalated. I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was well-directed, ultimately, and uh, the cast, although a lot of them didn't leave an impression, I did like the lead pilot who uh, witnessed uh, all the stuff that went down during uh, 0093 when, they, uh, when Axis got pushed back out of the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, and the fact that he was witness to that, so he was like kind of bringing that to the table and uh, helping out uh, Yuna uh, towards the end uh, with that. So I, I, I think ultimately, as a longtime UC fan, that this this movie hit a lot of uh, hit a lot of good points for me, and uh, I, I dug it for for the most part. But on to you, Neil. I agree. This cannot. You cannot watch this movie without watching Unicorn. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. you might be able to get away with some of not all of the prior UC stuff, but this um, exactly what Chris is saying is what I felt when I was watching this. This is episode eight of Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> it pretty much <laughs> it, is. It, it, it really <laughs> way. Um, some of the the positives that I have. I actually like the Shazir team and I wanted to kind of have more of them. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm actually to a point where I'm like, why couldn't they just follow what these guys were doing? Because it almost seemed more interesting in the end than chasing uh, the Phoenix all around. Um, the backstory of what, especially the Titans and then, um, you know, the Federation we're doing with the new types, I think when it kind of ties it up where you see, um, you know, these, the, 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 um, more, the miracle children, you know, they were basically in the same, uh, cyber new type facilities that I guess probably produced four and, mm -hmm. and, um, Rosamia and all them. And just the way that they were showing it, where there was all of these kids that they were using, they were using all, or orphans or people that had any type of um, any type of uh, new type promise and they were just that one scene where they're just showing some of them that are like I don't know either out like catatonic like they're just sitting there in those chairs and it's like you're wondering it's like how many people did they destroy just to get the few crazy people they ended up putting in mobile suits um that i kind of liked seeing um i like seeing that damn luau company i always knew they were kind of dirty yes and and they were dirty as shit yeah <laughs> they were playing but they were playing both sides and it was cool seeing uh, stephanie come back man that's a that's a, yeah, that's a blast from the past man man she was d definitely a different type of person and, and she's president see, now <laughs> yeah who knew but you could see what they became, and, and I guess it's because of just trying to survive, but damn, they were dirty. And, it, and in a lot of ways, it's like they kind of used the AUG in the end, um, you know, to further their stuff. But and, they were on the right uh, side of history most of the time, which is actually pretty interesting that they're one of the few organizations that was. You know, everybody else right. got fucked, but uh, the Luo company happened to, to make it out. So that was, that was yeah, an interesting point they made. But they're not rosy clean, though. No, and, no, not at all. In any way, any way shape, or and I, I had, I, I hate to say it, but when they were trying to find the using uh, the, the psycho frames as a way to kind of keep, you know, to extend life, I was getting the little things of like, ooh, this feels a little Ava, Avonly, Evangelion to me a little bit, with you know, kind of the, uh, you know instrumentality program you know i know that was going to a different level but 
this is kind of an immortality caught, you know, achieved in a different form. Mm. Um, it was cool to see all the things, all the, the tying of the loose ends of different parts of the universal century that we're all familiar with. Um, and, uh, but, um, and yeah, the music was amazing. Um, I think, uh, it, it really kind of captured, um, it kind of helped the movie. I think, I think it's one of those situations where they, if the soundtrack wasn't as good as it was, maybe you wouldn't like it as much. I, you know, so, um, it, it and it was kind of interesting to see that even after all of these years after Armoro, that it seems like he was one in a million Armoro because they're all trying to find somebody like him and, there's people with different levels of new type ability, but most of them, it seems like they have to be enhanced mm -hmm. uh, in some way or form. And it seems like he was just, I, I thought that's interesting where it just kind of, he still seems to be the more pure new type. You know, he's basically the one that's un, you know, un, um, you know, he hasn't had any enhancements or anything like that. And he's what they're all trying to achieve because we could see what he did at the end, especially at the end of Shar's counterattack, where he was just making, you know, he was filling up those people and, and, and you know, helping them to push back Axis and stuff. And, um, and what about um, those, what, the institute that they had the children, the natural new types uh, in, that wasn't Flanagan, was it? That wasn't a Flanagan Institute at all? It was, it, was a a Titans, own, it was a Titan's it was a Titan's Institute. Titan Institute, yeah. got it. Because I think the Flanagan and Institute I, had something to do with four more like, but she was a cyber new type, so... I think it was and I liked, how, yeah, and I liked how they, um, uh, the that uh, that Titans officer, how they kind of, um, you know, glossed over everything, and they were able to, you know, because they're, they're like, yeah, we're going to be tried as war criminals. We got to oh, show yeah. that this is this is good for the Federation or somebody. And they, if they you live, up, yeah, <laughs> and they were able to do it, and it and it and it shows that like all the sides are. They were all looking for the same type of uh, advantage with the new type, and mm -hmm. it does seem to be one of the more comprehensive discussions of the new types. Yeah, and you know, it was kind of interesting, especially where they do the discussion about you know, yeah, they get their power from dead people, and you know, it really, it really kind of them especially in times of great stress and everything and yes spoiler alert when they find out that rita you know she's gone she's in the in the in the the psychome frame of the phoenix absorbed her and she's part of the machine now yeah. and that's that was very interesting kind of something we haven't seen before so much in gundam um you know almost uh, kind of like a cyberpunk type of thing in some ways where your spirit gets transferred to a machine so it kind of goes back to that japanese um mentality how like everything in life has a, a spirit within it and yeah. i think that kind of just is the epitome of it the phoenix is uh with the soul of uh rena and stuff like that but i will say the 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 new improved version of operation british i mean each time in one of these uh, uc series <laughs> or movies they show more and more of how it actually happened i mean that was just catastrophic the way Oof. they showed it and i'm just yeah. like oh my god and, and it's more gruesome where... every time they do it too man it's like wow yeah 
People getting liquefied. It's like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then that weird thing of them mm. sitting there, uh, the kids going back there and just walking around the you know the shoreline of what used to be was it sydney or melbourne i always forget which one it is i was gonna say it's perth actually but i, I could be I, it might be sydney because i remember they showed the uh opera I think house. It's sydney yeah they yeah, like to show sydney. the opera house when they show that when they show it dropped so that's eerie that they came back there it's like the the, the place they saw they had a vision of getting destroyed they come back there older which was a little weird so um and then you know, it was actually, uh, the, you know, um, seeing that Maneva Zabi still, she kind of sees what's going on, especially with that Minister Montague and, and all that. And you, you kind of feel for her. It's like, man, she's, you know, she's, she's got the Zabi name and all, but she's just, she's surrounded by all these psychopaths. And it yeah. almost looks like she's just ready to go on her own way. She yeah. seems she seems to be handling things though, and that's really cool to see that you finally have a zombie who's actually running things. That's not a that's not a scumbag. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's it's a relief to know that even though their family name deserves to be tarnished, that a she chooses to live with that family name, and b she's trying to pick up the pieces that they completely strewn all over the all over the, the uh, pretty much the the earth sphere. So I, I give I give it up to Minerva, man. It's it, it was it was a nice little touch to see that she's uh she's accepted that role and she's uh she's she's trying her best to keep the peace yeah so i guess we can go into some don't like um or we we didn't find too appealing chris why don't yes. you start us off on what again things you didn't like oh well uh definitely zoltan <laughs> yes <laughs> by by far <laughs> Just like a two-bit villain, man. He really was, man. He was a just a nut for the sake of being a nut, man. And uh, I was so so sad the girl didn't get the drop on him, but I knew she. I knew this guy was not gonna go off and be shot in the head. There was no way that shit was happening. But um, yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely negative. Yeah, he's just he's just one of the worst gunner villains ever. Like that's you know in some cases that's a pretty low bar, but like just has no presence. Other than just being a crazed screaming person, yeah, and it's not even like he has uh, some grand plan that involves doing something. It's just like, oh, I'm just gonna destroy all this helium three. Just nobody likes me, I guess. I, what's he trying to prove? Like, oh, I'll yeah, show he, them because they said I couldn't be. It's like, oh, okay. So yeah, he then, really had no skin in the game. I mean, yeah. there's really nothing he there. He wasn't a true believer. He, uh, uh, in anything other than himself, and it was just about him and his own ego. And you want to know something? The whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking to myself, there, there's something we have to talk about, here, and that is, how the fuck does anything in this movie relate to that poster? Oh. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I'm, but... ju I just the whole time wondering, like, why did that poster happen? Nothing about any of those characters bears any connection to what we saw in that poster, especially Zoltan. I didn't know what to expect, frankly, the first time I watched that 
movie because of that poster. And then I watched it. Why, though? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Freaking, uh, uh, was it uh, uh, advertising? Uh, was it uh, misleading advertising? Don't, don't get why he's got his butt sticking out and he's like under Jonah's balls. Looks <laughs> I don't. I, I just. I who at sunrise saw that poster and gave it approval. If if I could play devil's advocate for, for just. <laughs> oh, I, I, this. I, I think what it was trying to imply, because especially how at the end of the, uh, you see kind of everybody go their ways, and you see Zoltan kind of go off to uh, Never Never Land or whatever the fuck. Uh, new type heaven, I guess. Um, and how like they're all integrated; their souls are kind of integrating into each other now. Because like Zoltan even says, like, ah, oh, you get my memories too. So uh, you know, you can watch the world burn or whatever. I think it was trying to imply and do something kind of artsy fartsy with that. Maybe I, I, I can't. Maybe, fathom. but just none. None of the composition in that. If that's right, the message yeah. you're trying to express. Right. Um, yeah. I don't think definitely took a hit in this movie and was lower than Unicorn, so that was kind of disappointing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and just the fact that so much of the cast is so thinly sketched. You know, it's only an hour and a half. It's the shortest um, of the original Gundam movies that we have. All of the other three of Shars Counterattack, F ninety one, and Double were two hours. Yeah, yeah, it was very short. Yeah, maybe with uh, if this had been a two hour movie story and developed the characters, uh, we'd be having a different conversation right now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Chris? Uh, that's it for me on on dislikes. Soul bro. Um, I gotta say the pace was uh, a little odd uh, in some areas. Uh, it, it didn't like flesh out certain things that should have been fleshed out for characters. Uh, so you know, but it, it's 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 what I've come to I guess expect from Gundam movies a lot because they don't really spend a lot of time on like setting the setting the story. They expect you to just know or, or read supplemental material to know what the fuck's happening. So uh, it's 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 not an excuse for the movie. It's just one of those things you come to notice. But um. Uh, also, uh, I, I gotta agree with Chris about, uh, Zoltan. He, he really did suck. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he had, like, the Uber suit, he was the last boss, and he was just a crazy person. Like, you, you got the fact that he was, uh, I guess a rejected, uh, uh, clone of Char, I guess. Um, you know. For, 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 it was part of the Char, uh, revival project. I guess that's what they called it. They called it something along the lines of that. But, uh, Full Frontal ended up being the, 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 um, the star of that uh that that project at the end of the day but this guy was just you know served no purpose but to be crazy and the fact that they would even let him be in charge of shit just mystifies me uh, com completely how how could you do that how could you let this crazy person have a fleet or be in charge of people because he just doesn't give a fuck about the life around him you know he, he's, he's he's just gonna end up being a uh a liability in the end so why would you why would you give him stuff <laughs> to, to hurt people it just doesn't make any sense yeah you know, like yazi says but but hurt low rent frost brothers at least the frost brothers had ambition this guy was just a freaking maniac for the sake of it so yeah that guy that guy sucked um 
animation uh, in the third act especially except for the cg animation was fine but the 2d animation uh definitely did suffer um other than that though i don't have a lot of complaints really i, I just i was i was it was nice to be back into this universe and uh i enjoyed it for the most part fred so kind of to keep going talking shit about zoltan yes um, <laughs> Pass the baton. <laughs> Jeez, you know I, I know he sucks. I get the I, I get the angle, and I don't viscerally hate him, maybe as much as maybe as you guys do. But I mm-hmm. just like I because I, I I can see what they were trying to do with him. Um, they What's try to that? give you some. Well, what are they trying to do with him? Uh, uh, he's screwed is up the things crazy? the war, and uh, you know. He's but is crazy. he screwed up because of the war though? I mean, he's a failed clone. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that that. I, like the the trying to push the bar and trying to create another char or full frontal or whatever, um, and how that could you're trying to force something that shouldn't be I guess is the is what they were trying to go for maybe, um, and they I because you could kind of see hints of it like whenever he's trying to uh, grab the phoenix at the end and he has this look of like he's not like this the crazy eyed kind of screeching and he looks kind of hurt like he's he's trying to just unleash the pain he feels all on the world and yeah that's the execution of that was really piss poor my biggest problem with him is just his character design because in no way when you going back to like what chris said with the pre-release materials like when they said uh oh he's a failed a failed clone of full frontal i was like how he nothing about him Reminds me of Full Frontal. Nothing. No. Yeah. You know what it is about Zoltan when you look at him? You know how there's some movies where, like, um, there's, like, a certain type of actor who will be, like, so typecast as, like, a villain or a crazy person or whatever. And it's, like, as soon as you see that actor playing a role, you don't know anything about how the story's going to develop, but you already know that that person is going to be evil or crazy just because of that actor. Right. Yeah. Right. Zoltan is like that just from just looking at his character design, it's like, oh, this guy's gonna be crazy pants killing a bunch of people laughing maniacally and spouting out new type babble and have to be put down hard. And right. <laughs> Yeah, and he's gonna and he's gonna have the same old thing where he's gonna come in with a bang, he's gonna do all this stuff and then he gets the he gets the protagonist so pissed off, and then he's like sitting there like, "Why? What's going on? Why is this happening to me?" And it's like, it, mm-hmm. "I'm with you," because as soon as I saw him, I'm like, "Oh, there's the there's the there's the crazy guy. That's the final boss right there." And um, yeah, Ugh. and it you know they say about like you can identify based off of silhouette and what they look like, but like this is like to the nth degree. This is pushing the bar too far with with Zoltan. Like there was the whole thing of like his eye, and they never touch upon that because it looks like he's got like some Saikamu eye that like reacts to new type bullshit and stuff like that. Yeah, and I thought he was heterochromatic. That's what I that's what I thought he was. Uh, I, maybe maybe that's the case. I don't know. Maybe I was just kind of imagining things with him, but like it looked like when the new type stuff was happening, like his eye was just like shimmering more or something, and it's like a part of the experiments that he was a part of, but. It, nothing about him related to anything for full frontal. Like, if they said he was a cyber new type that like got the echoes of his, uh, full frontal's like spirit or something like that, 
maybe that would have made me like not be so harsh on the character, but saying that he was just a failed full frontal or char uh clone and he looks like he does, it kind of just like it okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest problem with the movie, and I guess this is a kind of a problem with any UC thing now that comes out, um, mm. really, is the fact that you the movie takes place before F91. And trying to fit story elements and trying to fit a story that you want to tell, especially with the new types in Psycho Frame, and then having to say, like, well, the reason why this doesn't exist in F91 or Crossbone or anything after uh, is because we had to hide it away. Uh, we had to lock it away and not speak of it ever again. And it really goes against the ending of Unicorn where, like, you know, the, the image of the unicorn and usage of the psycho frame should be pushing humanity further. And using that technology from the Neo Zeong should be, like, brothering humanity but no we gotta we gotta make sure we fit the timeline and we gotta we, we gotta make sure everything kind of fits all nice and snug so that nobody questions this later on that unfortunately was a foregone conclusion you know as soon as that last episode came out and they revealed the, the shocking truth about Laplace's box it's like well by virtue of the timeline you know it's it can't go anywhere and that the federation won't be toppled and that space won't get any better because F any so like from the minute Unicorn was created, that was gonna be a problem and it's just gonna keep being a until you know this you know sunrise UC one hundred years project, unless they decide to go finally beyond victory and maybe take us in a completely new direction. Which I think they have to start doing. Yeah. If they they're have gonna to. In order to like do some of these stories and to make it actually kind of make sense with everything else that fits in, it, it really, yeah, yeah, Chris, like you said, like that was the biggest problem with Unicorn is the fact that like, oh, you're supposed to be hopeful that like, oh, we're accepting new types and this is the final, you know, this is the charter. It doesn't matter, like half the because it never happens. Happen. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it, 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 a lot of you know, prequels and midquels fall into this trap. Like, for instance, uh, Star Wars Rebels, main character Ezra Bridger is this teenage Jedi who's running around a couple of years before yeah. Luke Skywalker, and then it's like the end of the show is bumping up real close to when Luke is supposed to show up, and he's supposed to be the hot shit, and it's like... Oh, he, actually show, he actually shows up in one episode. Here's this teenage <laughs> Jedi we already have, so what do we do? We gotta remove him from story so that continuity can happen it's like this is just always a pitfall when you go back in and start yeah messing with stuff gaps. yeah i just feel like gundam is the, well because of course they gotta they gotta print money and make the so uh it, it really when you see all these side stories like you know thunderbolt and my biggest one is advances zeta with all those fucking designs <laughs> yes <laughs> Where they're practically having mobile armors piloting mobile armors half the time. It's like, yeah, those are pretty designs, but how how, how does any of this fit in with Zeta or Double Zeta or anything like that? And it's and I what I wonder, like speculating forward to things we'll probably come back to is the Hathaway's Flash movie trilogy. You know, obviously Tonino wrote that in the eighties. 
and a lot has changed since then. And now Unicorn and Narrative have come along. Yeah. And Hathaway's yeah. Flash is going to take place eight years after Narrative. So you know, <laughs> I've never read it. I don't know how they're going to adapt it. And I kind of wonder, are they going to be um, incorporating elements from Unicorn and Narrative into Hathaway's Flash? Because they have certainly taken like mobile suits from Hathaway's Flash and put them in unicorn and narrative so yeah it makes you wonder if they're gonna try to continue this story and just kind of veer around the pre-established things and then maybe someday after victory we have unicorns coming back for whatever reason and then you're free to do whatever the hell you want or even just mobile suits with uh full psycho frame technology and stuff like that uh because that seems like that was going to be the next thing, you know, after Unicorn. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, that's always been my problem with Gundam in general. And just the biggest problem with this movie. And just, okay, we got to fit it in the timeline and we just got to make sure uh, no one ever finds this technology ever again. Yeah. Well, that you bring up the point because then you got with what what's... What was the big thing on that? The mobile suits got more compact. They got mm. smaller. So Unicorn, we're seeing, like you said, possibly a full Psychom unit um, mobile suit. But why wasn't that technology? It it, it really does make it kind of, there is going to have to be some way that they're going to have to explain that best mm -hmm. technology that is so coveted by people. Nobody wants it anymore. And they're happy with just having um, more stout and smaller mobile suits. Well, you know, we saw we saw Phoenix basically be like, "Peace out, humans," and leave the Earth here at warp speed. <laughs> and that seems kind of like the way that they kind of get around this stuff now is like, "Hey, we're." Well, just... now we also have the issue that unicorns one and two still exist, and right. that taken apart was a lie. So you know, where are they going to hide? And right. We've seen the legacy of these pop up because. Um, I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast the the Direco short film from the past to the oh, future. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. no. So for those who aren't familiar, who are listening, it was screened over at uh, you know Diver City Tokyo and then released on Blu-ray. And it's a short where the Capital Army discovers the plans for the Phoenix, you know, from the uh, the Rose of Hermes blueprints. And, and, you know, obviously this God knows how long after Universal Century actually mm -hmm. ended. And they rebuild the Phoenix in different colors, not gold. And they give it to Mask. And they have him pilot it against Bellry. And for quite a while, it actually, for an ancient mobile suit, quote unquote, does pretty well against the G-Self. Really? So, That's crazy. I need know, to see this. <laughs> so there's definitely, like, a precedent there for even though the Unicorn gun is an old technology point, it's still formidable. So that's why I think, you know, there's that rumored from the timeline Gundam Unicorn 2 that uh, has been mentioned. I think it might uh, be taking us deeper into the second Universal Century and bring back the unicorns free and clear of timeline yeah. problems. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look, man, all I know, all I know, the, Fred, just to answer your question, I know what happened to all the technology, man. The top men showed up and put it in the warehouse with the Ark, all right? That's where it's at. 
We'll never yeah, see it again, guy. baby. We'll never there see it. it. Top man, baby. Top Federation's man. top man. <laughs> and I kind of see, like, top. whenever... Oh, sorry. Um, I, When they said, like, oh, we can't use this... Uh, the, Neo, the Neo Zeon is... Uh, it's too powerful for this time. We'll, we'll take it back to a time later. I think that's kind of, like, hinting at turn A, maybe. Being like, oh, we're not ready for this technology. And then... Like yeah. maybe some of the stuff that's in the Neo Zeon is, uh, or uh, is integrated in like the Turn A and Turn X or something, you know. Well, do you have anything else, um, Fred? No, no, no. I'm done. That's a solid point, though, man. I I agree with you that it is it's just it's, it's anachronistic when it comes down to it, and uh, it's it's hard to kind of look the other way sometimes. Well, the. And I, I'm I'm pretty much with you guys on a lot of the stuff you didn't like, but one of the things that really bugs me, especially in this, and it's not just Zoltan, but it's just Neo Zeon, Neo Zeon, and just the whole Space Noid Liberation Front or whatever they want to be, mm-hmm. is how many times are you going to do this where you're going to get the giant crazy mobile armor, and you know it's not going to work because it's hasn't worked since 0079 <laughs> you know you know the gundam is going to overpower it i don't care how many eye fields i don't know how many bits or whatever things you have how powerful and i'm just sitting there going the neo Jiang, i'm like why why are we doing this again like it i mean let's not even get to how they can even fund this let's just get you've done this before and it's failed miserably every time is is there anybody with any imagination? I mean, it's like you, you got to try something else. They, I mean, they, they, do, point... they do seem to retread the same kind of uh, same kind of mistakes often, and it's uh, it makes you wonder uh, just exactly how much. Uh, I mean, I mean, how, think how about this. Control... This, this, mm-hmm. this this happens a year basically after the end of Unicorn. It's like how can you reorganize? Where was this thing? Where was the Neo Jiang? A year ago why didn't you break out a year ago you know it it just doesn't make any sense because it's and and it's like we we need them they're the, it's almost like zeon is becoming just mustache twirling villains i mean it's just like you know they're going to do a little thing it's going to be the same old thing and then the gundam is going to whoever's in the gundam there take out the giant mobile armor all's right with the world by the same token, though, like, you know, Neo Zeon's pathetic rem- it kind of benefits the Federation to not really them just kind of linger and cause trouble every once in a while because oh, they yeah. an excuse for military buildup and, you know, yeah, it's it. and oppressing the colonies. Yeah, it's 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 a necessary evil on their end. It's just a convenient boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And probably in some ways, popular it always seems like some a couple colonies pay the price for some one of these little skirmishes that happen side six sure some, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> with one of these off the books federation units and it's like how many of these off the books federation <laughs> units are you gonna have i mean my god um so um and then yeah i'm with you guys i, I you don't you're just not around these people enough to really care. And I kind of knew it, you know, some of it was kind of known, even, even his, 
how, what he was ended up doing. It's like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Um, you know, he's going to end up meeting her. I was a little surprised that she, that Rita was one with the machine. I thought she was going to end up being part of the machine, but I didn't know like literally part of the machine. Um, but, um, I mean, other than that, I, there's really too much I have on, on what I didn't like, um, that you guys haven't already said, or that we haven't already covered. Um, anything before we go on to our reviews? No, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about this, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to say the least. Now that's, that's pretty much the last I got to say. So, uh, Chris, what would you, uh, mobile suit Gundam narrative? Uh, same rating as I got on MAQ, which is three cyber new types out of five. Ooh. <laughs> so, Fred, what would you rate narrative? Uh, I'd uh, rate it three, three and a half. Well, yeah, three and a half uh, berserker uh, psycho frame hidden technology week. Wikimadoos out of five. <laughs> Wikimadoos. Okay. Solbro. I'd give it a 3.75 exploding uh, helium uh, three tanks out of five. Those things do a Ooh. lot of damage. Holy shit. I didn't even know. <laughs> those shit's, those shit's well, it brutal. Is, it is helium three. It, so. it sure is. It sure is, man. Gas in Gundam ain't nothing to fuck with. That's for sure. <laughs> and I guess this might be the common theme, but I, I would um, I'm going to give it, uh, uh, three, three, uh, laboratory war orphans out of five. Oh, damn. Well, look yeah, at laboratory, that, man. laboratory war orphan or war orphan laboratory rats. Out worked of five. out, worked out perfect for you. <laughs> there so, you go. But, um, yeah. So, um, Guys, anything? So, do we have any tweets? We do. Uh, I will go ahead and run through these really quickly. Shout out to everybody who uh, gave us tweets tonight. Appreciate you guys. And here we go. Um, first off, we got one from Yup. He just uh, says, "Tuning in from my bunker." Shows a picture of uh, everybody's favorite Gundam lead pilot, Cole or Rocky, looking up. And of course, the cl uh, the the year says 0069. What the fuck happened that year? <laughs> <laughs> that's what i want to know yo the winner that's who he is the winner but uh shout out to y'all thank you very much for that tweet austin uh shares the link to uh, hd tsunami promos i'm gonna retweet that for anybody who goes to gundam's uh uh twitter just go to uh gundam at mhq on twitter you want to check out that uh that playlist right there by all means shout out to austin happy birthday austin you just uh his birthday recently passed so at not Shar on twitter not underscore Shar on twitter i uh, hope you guys uh hope you had a good time austin uh, Yazi hits us up uh, with a couple things as well. He says, I found the female childhood friend to be a low-rent version of Wang Lu Mei from Double O, up to the point of her male butler. You know, now that you bring that up, I do, I am reminded of, uh, of, uh, Wang Lu Mei, man. That's, uh, that's a, that's a blast in the past. I totally forgot about her. But, um, she, she was, uh, I think her name was M Melissa or Michelle. I forget. Yeah, Melissa. Uh, Melissa, yeah. She was, she was cool. She was complex. And I, 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 I didn't think too ill of her. Uh, I, I got her motivations. It's just fucked up some of the things that she did. Um, but uh, he also says, shout-outs to the gruesome death of the the, the Jay. Uh, stepping on the Federation commander escorting Martha Vist. 
It was nice to see. Uh, how do you pronounce it? The the, the J. Uh, the uh, the suit that Armor Pilot did and uh, Zeta Gundam, uh, with the with the with the Dom feet and whatnot. I forget this. The I think the the J. The DJ yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was uh, it was nice to see the DJ uh, in action and narrative. It was cool. It was really nice to to see one in motion. I I, I agree with that. And then here's a question for us from Yazi. He says, do you guys think that Hathaway's Flash anime movies will reference narrative in any sense or have cameos of Unicorn related in its related characters? Given that Hathaway's Flash doesn't uh, anything have anything to do with Zeon, says Zeon is folded back into the Federation and UC-100. Um, that's a solid question, Yazi. I think there might be some nods to it uh, or to what happened in Unicorn in there. Um, anybody else have any thoughts? They, they have to. The, the Sunrise cannot... Uh, it will. resists itself <laughs> from yeah like, hey look at this callback isn't that a cool reference guys <laughs> you know or, or a flashback to a mobile suit that they can do a new type of variation on so yeah exactly yeah exactly but yeah that's it for the tweets man thank you yazi for those tweets man at uh the the underscore yazinator on twitter and uh other than that man uh back to you neil all right well, guys, uh, anything before we uh, close this out? No, uh, no announcements. But the, but no uh, uh, just just make sure to check out the website, mhq.net, man. Go there, check it out. Go to uh, net as well. Big changes coming up on the first of uh, of April, man. The big day, April Fool's Day, man. Be an April Fool and show up. <laughs> You guys know where to find us on, on on iTunes and whatnot, please, by all means. And uh, make sure to follow us on uh, on YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ. And also make sure to find us on uh, Twitch.tv slash level underscore nine if you want to watch on Twitch for our, our live episodes. But uh, other right. than that, that's, that's it for me. Well, uh, thank you to Chris and thank you to Fred um, for joining us. Um, and hopefully you guys can join us in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, guys. So, well, thank, thank you for you coming, for, bro. Both of y'all. So, and uh, we'll be back. Well, maybe maybe in a week or so. Um, we're thinking, but uh, if not, we'll be back um, probably in a few weeks. So, um, and that's it. Talk to you guys later. everyone out there at Bandai Namco plus any fans who might be watching this. I am Jordan Vote roberts and I'm sitting here in front of you because last week it was announced that I've been given the incredible honor of directing the first proper live-action adaptation of Mobile Suit Gundam. This is an absolute dream come true for me and I could not ask for better creative partners than everyone at Sunrise, Legendary, and Netflix. Honestly, it's kind of difficult in such a short video message to express the full weight of how exciting this is for me as a filmmaker and a fan. However, I can give you a world-exclusive first look at a few of my old Gunpla. I imported these from a hobby magazine in the mid-90s, 
Yeah, and I found them while digging through a box at my mother's house recently and was kind of shocked to find them, even though they're not in perfect condition. And that's saying a lot because unfortunately, I think it's obvious that Teenage Jordan was not the most accomplished gunplot builder. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, this month, however, marks the 42nd anniversary since Gundam premiered on Japanese television, and that means it's been 42 years of the world being a better place. I cannot wait to bring this universe to life and do justice to Tomino-san's iconic and original vision. As we embark on this journey, I wanted to give my thanks and appreciation to all of the fans, artists, writers, animators, designers, voice actors, and everyone else out there at Sunrise and Bandai Namco who helped bring us 42 years of Gundam. This property changed me forever, and I know it has done the same for millions of people around the world. I cannot wait to bring you more updates in the future, and I cannot wait for the world to see what we're building. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. But anyway, Rob, you have a chance to see this. Uh, what do you think about this news? And are you hyped for an idea of a Mobile Suit Gundam live action film coming to Netflix? What do you think? Bruh. I've been a Gundam fan since uh, this Japanese uh, girl, Kay Marita, moved to my hometown when I was in junior high school. And I was first introduced to Gundam by her. I love Mobile Suit Gundam. Love it. I, I have many Gundam models. I have many die-cast Gundam figures. The, the, the show, Gundam is really, if you go by the, there's a main continuity of Gundam and then there's all these offshoots and alternate universe stories and different versions like wing Gundam people have seen that was the first Gundam that was brought to America and dubbed into English I love this franchise and at the core of this franchise is basically a message of of anti-war because it's it's about revolution and it's about um people that live in space colonists that live in our solar system that want to well the core the core story is about they want to break free they want their independence it's basically a, a, about a war between Earth and the Principality of Zeon. And I it, it, I love it. So I can't even tell you how much I love this franchise. It's basically what Star Trek and Star Wars are to here, Gundam is to Japan. And to have this done correctly on such a grand scale. I mean, dude, I got all, let's just say, more excited than I probably should seeing the RX-78, classic RX-782 mobile suit in Ready Player One for the fleeting moments it was in there. I'm like, oh man, someone's got to do a live action Gundam movie. Now look, it still requires great characterization. A lot of the Gundam shows live and die like many things with their characters. And I want to see great characters and a great story in addition to seeing mobile suits battling in space, you know? Um, as a matter of fact, one of the, uh, the great villains of the Gundam franchise is right here, Char. Woo! Yeah, the the red comet, and I want to see this character in live action. Let me tell you, because I love. I want to see the Sazabi, well, Zeon, the uh, Zeon um, uh, Gauf or something. You know, one of my favorite mobile suits. But her, the red comet piloting his Sazabi, bring it on. <laughs> 